His mercy, His mercy, His mercy. The scripture says it's because of His mercies that we're not consumed. I'm thankful for His mercies. I'm thankful they're new every morning. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'd like us to agree together in prayer. We have uh, we have several that are out, as you you know, or as you see. Um, the Charles family has several sick. Uh, Sister Flowers is traveling. We want to pray for her. Um, I hope she's feeling a little better. She was sick Sunday. She's traveling today, and so we want to pray for her. Remember her. Um, the Jimenez and Escalera families. I think it's his dad, maybe, that's having a huge 70th birthday bash tonight, so they couldn't really skip out on that. But um, could we pray together for the body tonight? Uh, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. Amen. Can we pray together right now for the body? If there's other need you're aware of, let's remember Brother Jester tonight. Let's pray for him. The Lord minister to him where he is there at home. Let the presence of God fill the room there. Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. Every member in particular, what a privilege, Father. I thank you tonight. I thank you for being placed by you. I give you honor and glory. We pray for these members, each one. I pray for the Charles family. I pray your ministry in their home this evening. Lord Jesus, that you would touch them, that they would feel the strength that comes from your virtue, that healing would be in their bodies, there in their home, your presence would be made manifest there tonight. We pray for Brother Jester, Lord. We pray healing and strength, the ministry of your spirit there in his home even now. Father, let your presence be made manifest to him. Hear the prayers of the church of the body of Christ and respond, I pray, to him tonight. I pray, visit him there in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray your ministry to and through us for your purpose and for your glory, Father. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for every member in particular. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you tonight. I give you praise and glory and honor. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor tonight. Jesus, I thank you for the body. I thank you for every member in particular, Lord. I pray your hand upon Sister Flowers as she travels. Watch over and keep her in your care. Lord, bring her home safely at the appointed time, I pray. I pray tonight for the Escalera and Jimenez family. Watch over them. Let them be lights there to their family as they gather together. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
I pray, minister to Raphael and Veronica tonight, Lord, their family. Reach to them there. Let your spirit minister to them, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let the Holy Ghost lead you here. Let the Holy Ghost lead you here. Hida mandele ki esiere le dia recononieye. I pray the edifying of the body through the prayers of your people, Father. Hita male kororri aramandele ki aramandolo si ele kieye. Let strength be imparted, Father. Let strength and healing be ministered, I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God, praise God. I feel the ministry of His Spirit tonight. Really, really do. I feel the sweet ministry of His Spirit. We were calling names, and whether we were praying with understanding or praying in the Spirit, there were names coursing through my spirit. I feel the Lord reaching and ministering. Amen. We must believe when we pray. We must believe when we pray. Oftentimes, you can be seated. Oftentimes, when we pray, our humanity focuses on the need, the problem, the concern, the issue, whatever you want to call it, focuses on what we're praying about. And that's a device of the enemy. Because when we pray, if we're going to pray believing, then we focus on who we're praying to. When I pray, if I focus on the problem, the problem can seem too great. But if I focus on who I'm praying to, I understand nothing is too great. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing. He can do anything. He can do the impossible. I know it to be true. I know a lady, you've heard me tell this story, but I'll tell it again and again and again so that he's glorified. I know a lady that was going to die because her liver stopped working. She was bloating because it was no longer producing bile, so her blood was not getting cleansed, as I understand. 
And so she was swelling. They said, you're going to die. If you didn't die from the rest of your organs shutting down, you would explode because of the growing of her body. I mean, it was phys- you could see the difference from one day to the next. I'll never forget the night. We were praying on a Saturday night at the building in Puyallup. There was probably less than this in the room. It was an informal Saturday night prayer meeting. We were praying. I was kneeling down about two rows back, and I was praying about this situation because this couple had been in our home. We'd been teaching them a Bible study, my wife and I. And, and I thought, Lord, you've filled them with the Holy Ghost. They've turned the corner. You're doing a great work in their life. And now this. You ever think that way when you're praying? And I was, I was praying and I was begging God because the problem seems so big. You understand he doesn't want us to beg him. Father desires to give good gifts to his children. And so I'm there doing that and I'm pausing and the Lord spoke to me and said, why don't you just ask me to give her a new liver? And I thought, that's what I thought. I was like, well, I never thought of that. Right, I'm always praying, God, heal her liver. God, touch her body. You know, all the things we pray in our understanding, in our human reasoning. And so I said, okay, Lord, give her a new liver in Jesus' name. I didn't feel the earthquake. A bright light didn't shine down from heaven, Brother Lewis. I just, that's just what, that's exactly how it happened. Okay, Lord, give her a new liver in Jesus' name. And then the Lord said, okay, now I want you to tell this group that's here what I just asked you to do so when it happens, they'll know I did it. Well, that was a little different. You guys laugh at me, but you understand, right? It's one thing when we speak in faith. It's another thing. It's like, whew, now we're going to. And so I, I was sitting there. And again, this is an informal prayer meeting, right? And so I'm not like going, I'm taking over. I need to say something to everybody. Right? I'm just. And so we're done. And Bishop gets up and says, you know, hey, thanks, everybody, for coming tonight. Thanks for praying. We appreciate it. We, we'll see you all tomorrow morning. And you know what? But before we go, Brother Hart, why don't you just come pray and dismiss us in prayer? We never do that. You, right? I mean, we rarely do that. We do that sometimes. But that's not our spirit. And I'm like, the Lord's not letting me out of this. And so I shared that. Well, the reality is from that moment. Now, the lady wasn't there, but her husband was. And he called her and told her. Well, she immediately began getting better. Immediately. All that we could figure was that her liver immediately started functioning. We began to rejoice, praising God. I mean, she was completely healed. In a matter of a few days, she was returned back to normal size. Everything, the the doctors are trying to figure out what happened. And so they had her come back for follow-up tests two weeks later. I think it was two weeks, something like that. Shortly thereafter, she was back for some tests or something in the hospital. The doctor came in, took her chart, and was talking to her and says, "Uh, uh, your medical records are wrong. And 
she says, what do you mean? He says, well, your medical records say that you had hepatitis B. She's like, yeah, that's true. She said, I, my brother and I both got hepatitis B. We shared a needle when we were doing drugs, and I contracted hepatitis B. The doctor said, it's not possible. He said, you couldn't have had hepatitis B. And so at this point now, she's no longer, you know, a little ashamed of having to share that. She's like, she's arguing. Well, no, it's, I did. I, my brother, too. You can check with him. And finally, she was pretty adamant about it. The doctor said, it's not possible. She said, why is it not possible? The doctor expressed to her, he said, anytime someone's had hepatitis B, we can always tell. He said, because hepatitis B leaves a signature in your body. And so we always see the evidence that it's been there. And she said, so? He said, hepatitis B leaves a, a signature on your liver. And he called her name. He said, you have no signatures on your liver. You could have never had hepatitis B. She, you would have to know her. She jumped off the bed and said, oh, I got a new liver. The doctor said to her, and I'm probably even parts out. I'm just telling you what she shared. The doctor said to her, oh, that explains it. You had a liver transplant. She's like, no, I got a new liver. He's like, a transplant. She's like, no, Jesus gave me a new liver. See, he does the impossible. He does the impossible. I'm going to be honest with you. In my humanity, I never would have prayed that. Right? Because all I know is, God, heal the liver, heal the liver, heal the liver. He said, why don't you just ask me to give me. He said, I'm the, this is the part that stuck to me. He's the creator. So he just said, I'll just create a new one. Hear me. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? I don't care what it looks like, sounds like, seems like. Would you purpose with me right now? Come on, talk to the Lord. Would you purpose, God, I've been focusing on, if you have been, you have to tell him, Lord, forgive me, I've been focusing on the problem. I've been focusing on the issue. Tonight, by your grace, I repent of that and I am focusing on you who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or even think according to your power that works in me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, with you all things are possible. With you, Jesus, all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Hallelujah. All things are possible to them that believe. I believe, Jesus. I believe and I thank you tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm asking Brother Reuben to come. If he would for a moment. I'm going to tell him to bring the word. He brought his water. Amen. The Lord's good. Amen. He's merciful and gracious. Um.
I I was praying in the beginning of the week, and uh, you know, I usually ask God to to help me start my week. You know, we talk about Monday, and to Him, it's all there's no days in between, no hours in between that He doesn't separate. It's just all a day for Him. For us, we've put it in times and dates and all that, and to Him, it's just one day. Um, so I was I was in prayer, and uh, you know, I was. Not the job that I'm at now, but well, two jobs before this one. I was uh, I used to commute back and forth to uh, Kaleelum for about two and a half, three years, and uh, I've uh, sat with different people in my work vehicle on the way there, and uh, it's an hour there, an hour back, and for two and a half, three years, I've sat with like four or five different guys within that period, and um, the last last person that I rode with to Cleelum, it was about a year and a half of just, you know, every morning we would go and every evening we would come back and we would just sit there and we would talk and sometimes it's just kind of awkward because, you know, they, they partake in things that I don't agree with and, you know, uh, he, I would try to do my best to try to be, you know, if the Lord wants to do something, I try to be sensitive to what he's trying to do, you know, in, in that short amount of time and without being rude or disrespectful towards the things that he's telling me. Um, and I start ministering to him, you know, the word of God, and you know, you can tell that it's uh, it's affecting him, you know, because every morning he would come and he would ask me a new question, and it's like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, man, can you at least wait on the ride back, you know, because <laughs> it's early. I'm just trying to get there, you know, and um, God was doing some things, you know, during that time, and sure enough, I a year and a half later, he was telling, he told me, you know, toward the end of of uh, me sharing with him, he told me that he would go home and he would tell his uh, his girlfriend, you know, about the things that we would talk. And he said he never, and this is what he told me, and I, it's it's all the Lord. He told me he never heard anybody know so much about the word. But I didn't see it that way. To me, it was just ministering and talking to him and sharing stories of the things that I knew and things that God has been doing not only in me but in those that I that I fellowship with and that I see, you know, on a weekly basis. And um, he would go home and he would tell his girlfriend about the things that we would talk about. And, uh, you know, me and Vanessa finally decided to have a dinner with them. And uh, we we met up with them. And um, she would tell me that he would get home and he wouldn't stop talking about me. You know, I... She said she got to the point where she would have to tell him to uh, just stop for a minute, you know. And I know it wasn't me. I know it was the Lord because he was interested in the things that didn't pertain to the things of this world. Because, you know, when you're in the world, you try everything and you've done everything. So when someone comes and tells you different, you're amazed, surprised. You know, where did this come from? You know, and sure enough, you're not ministering to him and he's being involved in the life groups and you know he's receiving ministry and I'm like man the Lord's doing something it's going good and after me finally breaking through what I think you know is man I you know he's he's going to come to church and we're going to baptize him he's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost uh, I get let go from work and I'm and you know I was upset I'm like wow Lord you know two and a half years of you know, riding with this guy, and you they're going to let me go, and 
that's it, you know, and I'm never going to see him again, or, you know, you did all that to, to let me go, you know, and I didn't understand what was taking place, and sure enough, uh, he's coming to the life groups, and, you know, they start kind of fizzling out, and I didn't understand why I probably will never, and, you know, I never understood why they just kind of started falling from the life groups, and, um, and I've been, you know, I was in prayer, and the Lord, I asked the Lord, he brought that to my remembrance, and I was in prayer, I'm like, well, yeah, I remember that, Lord, you know, because I was praying, you know, use me, and do things in my new job, and, you know, set things in order, and stuff, and, and, uh, same issue in my, my new job. I'm ministering to people and witnessing to them, and God's doing something. And um, he brought that to my remembrance. I'm like, yeah, I remember. And, you know, he brought that scripture into my mind where it says, you know, God gives the increase, but we water and we plant, but he gives the increase. And I didn't understand, and I was kind of upset and frustrated with the Lord and my humanity, saying, you know, Lord, I've ministered to the soul for two years, you know, and that was a long time for one vessel for me to invest in, you know, and he, uh, he bluntly told me, you know, it doesn't matter what you, uh, invested, I give the increase, and it kind of made me sit back and rethink how I was praying and how I was looking at ministering to people, because, you know, two and a half years, and you're telling me that it doesn't matter at the end, the outcome, because you know the beginning from the end, and it's not up to me to decide whether they're going to be in church or in Bible study or living for you at this season, in this moment in their life. God will do something, and I know that, and I struggle with understanding, you know, why not in my time or my ability are they coming to church, are they coming to Bible study, but it's in His time, His abilities, His will, and you know, he, he just brought me back, and as honest before you, uh, he told me that it doesn't matter what you think or anything you invested, and I had you there for that time and that season, and that's over with. Move on. He said, you might see him again. You might not. You know, the word was ministered, and I was, you know, sincere and honest before him, and I told him the things I believe in. I told him the truth, and it's up to me to decide whether, you know, they they'll come in your path again, and I'm still trying to trying to uh, deal with that <laughs> this week. Um, uh, just been praying, and the Lord's, you know, sometimes I never understand why people share stories all the time when they come and minister, but as we see and we read in the Word, the Lord talks in parables, you know, teaching uh, earthly stories to explain heavenly things, and um, if you open your spirit, you know, the Lord the Lord will do something, you know, I know I'm just up here sharing a story, but, you know, and I'm, sometimes I just sit and listen to stories, and it edifies me, it does something in me, you know, I can wake up in the morning and be like, okay, well, this brother dealt with that, but what, spiritually, what, what, what did that do in my heart, in my soul, if I'm open, spiritually minded, open to receive, you know, and the Lord, you know, he told me it's not up to you to worry, you know, I just sent you forth, and you, you uh, you planted, but I'll give the increase. And I've just been 
struggling with that, I guess you can call it, this week, trying to take that in. The Lord is just no respecter of persons, and I'm okay with that. I have to be, I guess, you know. <laughs> I have no choice sometimes, you know. Um, we have to be, yeah. And um, I'm just thankful that, you know, that time and that period, you know, he, uh, he said precept upon precept, line upon line, understanding upon understanding, and here a little, there a little. I won't never understand it till, you know, people deal with things in their later years, and they will look back, and they'll be like, okay, that's why you did that. So um, I'm just excited for the things of God and what he's doing. And that's what I had to share with you guys. Amen. When, we, uh, when we're willing to obey, we stop focusing on the result. We just focus on our responsibility. And our responsibility is to obey our Father. But we're very, we're very results-oriented, aren't we? Right? We, I was having this conversation with someone just the other day, Brother Reuben, about um, that passage of Scripture, one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. And we often... We don't often talk about the verse that comes after that. Because the next verse says, So then, neither is he that watereth anything, or no, says, So then, he that watereth and he that planteth are nothing. <laughs> I think that's how it reads. I think it says they're nothing. I was going to say it says, So neither is he or they anything. But I think it says, Neither is he that planteth or he that watereth or he that planteth watereth are nothing. The point is, the one that does the work is nothing. It says, but God that gives the increase. And so this is what I'm realizing. When you and I are willing to go, Lord, I'll obey. Whatever happens is up to you. My responsibility is obedience to you. Lord, I shared the word and they didn't respond. Okay, I'll deal with that. You did your responsibility. Lord, I prayed for the sick person in your name with faith, and they weren't healed. Okay. Were you going to heal them anyway? No, Lord, it was you. Okay, then you obeyed me. You prayed. I'm responsible for the healing or not. You aren't. And so when we learn to simply obey him and his direction and his word, without focusing on the result, then we'll act in obedience rather than if you, then I will. If you, then I will, right? Well, Lord, I prayed and they weren't healed, so I'm not praying for anybody else. Versus going, no, I was obedient to the Lord. I just did what I was supposed to do. He's really trying to get us there because of how he wants to continue using us. And who knows what the word planted will do. His word will not return void. Amen. It will accomplish what he sent it to do. Praise God. I'm asking Brother Ethan to come. And I know Brother Reuben said it as well. But just... 
from the few things that have been talked about this tonight already, like God is so good, just the things he's already doing here. Um, for this past week, I feel like, you know, the body and being connected has been such a big topic and um, something as simple as on Sunday when dad talked about just when you greet one another, you're coming together with like-minded people in Christ. And um, in the prayer room on Sunday, I praying with Brother Flowers and with Brother Reuben, I, I could just tell it was God unifying the body. And um, and then tonight, before we started just praying, I, I felt a connection with you, Brother Reuben, as we were praying. I just, there was something about it. And um, and then obviously, as we all begin to pray for other people in the body that aren't here tonight and those that are here, there's just been such a connecting of the body. Um, and then having you speak, Brother Reuben, uh, here in the next week or two, it's very possible that I could be going into another job situation as well where um, it seemed like I've invested so much where I'm at. And there's been things that God's been doing, and I just, you got to trust him. Can we just pray right now? Jesus. Order our steps, I pray. He andaramasaye aramano roki ararabasa. Yena ramano roki araramaye tesi araramashono roki araraba. Lord, that we'd be obedient to your voice. In due season, God, that you would have your way, O oh Lord. That all we can do is simply obey, O oh God. Hitaramaye andaramano roki araramasaye ataramaha. Lord, a body fitly framed. Hitaramaye andaramano roki araramasaye taramashono roki araraba. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, it may not seem like it, but I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I know God's going to do something. This is just a confirming of it. Um, if we could turn to John chapter 14. Like I said, it's something that God's just been speaking to me about all week and been bringing up and showing and... Uh, I want to start with verse number 10 of chapter 14. It says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Obviously, you know, God sent Jesus and died on the cross for salvation, but Jesus is an example of, you know, life, you know, he gives us so many different ways of, well, not different ways of living, but he just gives us so many examples and scenarios, and like I said, Brother Ruben, just parables that he speaks in, uh, and here he's already speaking of the Father living in him, and that the works that he does are the Father through him, and it says, verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, 
that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Multiple times we see it mentioned right there where we love him, we'll keep his commandments. Um, it talks of the love of the Father and how in loving him and keeping his commandments, you know, he'll manifest himself to us. And His commandments aren't always things we want to do, as just mentioned. Um, in my job situation, I... I have a choice. I don't really. It's God's choice, but um, the way it's posed to me is my choice, and um, what I'm feeling like I'm supposed to do isn't what I want to do, Um, but the Lord spoke to me, so I'm going to keep his commandments. Uh, If we go to verse 23, it says, if a man love me, he will keep my words. We see it again. He's already mentioned it three times in this chapter. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This stood out to me so much, because in verse 21, it says that it will manifest myself to him. And then here in verse 23, it says, my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. And when I, I was thinking about it today on the way here, like, you know, abode, like a home is what we think of. And um uh, you can always rely on going back home to things to be where they're supposed to be and where you left them. Um, can rely on your bed being there when you want rest. You know, you're going home. Like, uh, and I just thought of this, like, you know, if God's going to abide in us, he's relying on us to, to be where he's placed us, to listen to him and to, I mean, we're the temple of God. That's, that's a building when you think of it in the physical, but He's placed us somewhere, and if he abides in us, like I said, he's relying on us to be where we're supposed to be. And I brought up the definition um, a little bit ago, and it says to remain, abide, um, not to depart, to continue, to be present, to be held, kept continually. Um, And that just stood out to me in a way I've never thought of it before, where you know, at any moment, he can pick us up and move us and place us somewhere else and that he can rely that we'll, we'll be right where he left us and just doing what he's intended for us to do in that place. If we continue in verse 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. In verse 24, he kind of switched up the way he worded it. Before he was saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. But then he says, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And this this scared me in a way. I just, I thought when I saw it, like, man, if there's times where, and it says sayings right here. It doesn't say commandments, it says sayings. And I feel like that's simply just the things he asks us to do, the things he tells us. And when I read this, it's like, man, if I don't obey God, do I love him? And, you know, I, I do love him. I do. And he's done so much for me that I don't deserve. But do I show that I love him? He asks us right here. that, And he says that if we don't love him, then we won't keep his sayings. And, and so you can look at that in the other way around. It's like, man, have I obeyed him? Have I done what he's wanted me to do, whether it's what I want to do or not? And if it is, then that's reassuring that, you know, I love him and I'm willing to do what he asks. But... And if I've ignored his voice, makes me question, God, have I given you the love that you deserve? And I pray that not a one of us would do that. He deserves everything from us, whether, like I said, what it's, if it's what we want or not. And the reason I continued on all the way to verse 27 is because he gives us peace. He leaves peace with us. Not as the world giveth, because the things of the world, you know, they can be a little uneasy at times. And that he gives us peace that surpasses all understanding, surpasses the things of this world. And what we see is peace. And it's just reassuring that, you know, when I obey him, whether it's what I want or not, you know, peace will come. He has a plan for it, and peace will come. If we could go to chapter 15 of John, and we'll just start at verse 1. We've, we've obviously heard this so many times about the vine, but just want to read, starting at one. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This is a tough part to take hold of as well. When when we obey him, you know we expect everything to go well. He he gives us peace, but it says you know if we don't bear fruit, we're going to be cast away. But and you're like, okay, so that means if you bear fruit, you know things are going to be good. But then it says if you bear fruit, he purges it. Purging is not a comfortable thing. I can tell you that right now. In I think it was the New Living Translation that I was reading earlier, it says pruning, and I think we all know what pruning means. It's cutting away some things that. I, cutting is never comfortable, that's for sure. Uh, verse 3, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather him and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. As I said, every branch that, as the scripture said, every branch that doesn't bear fruit is cut off. And Verse 5, where it says, you know, if you abide in Christ, then you bring forth much fruit. Uh, 
abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us, you know, is us obeying him and allowing him to lead us and, like I said, place us where he wants us. And, man, I think that's that's a win-win situation. If, if we let him do that, then that means we're going to bring forth much fruit, and that means we're not going to be cut off. And so... And also, you know, not only do we bring forth that fruit, but he gives us peace and all these things. He sends a comforter to us if we allow him to abide in us and we abide in him. And as I was reading this, verse 7, where it says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. This isn't just whatever we actually want. You know, it says, if my words abide in you. So that means what we ask are going to be his words and his will. And when I prayed this the other day, the Lord just began to lead me in prayer for things that were going to happen. And it was just, again, Lord, your words abiding in me. And, and I was praying that, God, I'm abiding in you right now. Lord, let your words abide in me that your spirit would have its way. And I just began to pray that he would have his way. And I could tell immediately that the Lord was having his words flow through me. And it wasn't something I was saying. It wasn't something that I was making on my own. But it was allowing the Lord to abide in us. And and that's a constant trust in him. It's uncomfortable situations of the purging and the pruning, and, but we bring forth more fruit. You know, I've seen, like I said, I've seen things happen where I'm at on my job, and, you know, I've been excited for what's to come, and now it's like starting at square one. It almost seems like, again, if this happens. But, you know, it could just be a purging process where, God's going to put me in another situation where I'll produce more fruit beyond what I ever had done. And just because I'm allowing the Lord to abide in me and I'm abiding in him and letting him flow through me. And, and today, as I was on my way home from work, I was praying. I was like, God, obviously, I'm not closing the door on where I've been working. Um, so, Lord, if you had to take me out of that specific place so that you could use me in a way I couldn't have been used because I was there. I've had connections with my boss that now he's not my boss, so there could be so much more of a connection that maybe I couldn't have had before. I don't know what God wants to do, but as you said, brother, we just have to trust him. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know the connections he's going to make out of it. I have no idea, but I'm trusting him fully and completely, and I'm wanting to abide in him and allowing him to abide in me. And and it's just, it's a comfort and it's a reassurance. And it's great that this chapter is talking about the vine and us being the branches and, you know, hearing your stories with Ruben, just the prayer that we've had tonight. And it's a confirming that right now we're abiding in him. We're branches in the vine and we're, that's the connection we're feeling right now is because we're connected with each other through Christ, through the vine. And so uh, just so thankful for it and as I said, I'm excited for what God is doing in the connecting of the body, and I'm just thankful for it. So, You're thankful tonight. Thankful he placed you and I in the body of Christ. I, as we were praying, I appreciate the ministry of these men. As we were praying, I... You know, we, we share often the scripture that says the Lord places members in the body as it pleases him. And I was praying that night. I'm not trying to change what the scripture says. Don't misunderstand me tonight. But I had this thought. 
the Lord also places members of the body in the community where he chooses. He places members in the body. That's our connection. But then he places members of the body in the community where he chooses. I mean, can you believe he would shut down an entire window manufacturing plant just to move one man? I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess that if that window manufacturing plant was still open, that Brother Martin would probably still be working there. And so the Lord said, I'll just shut it down. Oh, you don't think God would do that? I think he would. Especially given when in the very first week, he's connecting with a relative of Brother Pablo Chan's from Puyallup that's been in my home. Because they work at the new location where he is now. You think God wouldn't do things to orchestrate where we are in our workplace? See, we're so quick to go, God, why? It's been a very clear sound here tonight. We don't understand it all the time. But if we trust, Lord, you're in control. You're God. I'm not. Order my steps. Direct my life. How do you want to use me? Where do you want to place me? Okay, Lord. Amen. Why don't we stand together tonight? Thank you, Brother Reuben, Brother Ethan, for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, ministering to us tonight. I feel the witness of the Spirit in a great way. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. Would you just talk to him right now? Come on, just talk to him about where he has you. There's a witness of the Holy Ghost in a rich way. Talk to him about where he has you. Whether it's on the job, whether it's a classroom at school, whether it's... Come on, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing as we yield ourselves to him. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you. I pray anoint our minds, anoint our eyes to see the kingdom. Anoint our ears to hear your voice. I pray a perspective fresh tonight. Your perspective on where you've placed us. Why you have us there, Lord. Give us understanding that may not have been clear before. In the name of Jesus. As your body, your hands, your feet, your voice. Where you've placed us in our community, Father, for your purpose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That your will would be done through us for your glory. That you would be glorified, Father. That you would be glorified, that we would bring forth much fruit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the affirming voice of his spirit? The affirming voice of his spirit. Remember a few weeks ago when we prayed about people getting jobs? I believe the Lord is in every bit of that. 
We have to believe, okay, a, a door opened, I now have a job. Okay, it wasn't just God providing a job. God, why am I here? What's your purpose for me here? What's, what's the God reason that I'm placed here now? I want to be sensitive to that. I promise you, if you and I will start praying that way about our job or about our classroom, young people that are going to school, if we'll start praying, God, why am I here? Who am I here for? What's your purpose in me being here? I want to be in tune with you, God, and what you would desire. How do you want to use me today? How do you want? I'm your vessel. What do you, right? One plants, one waters. How do you want to plant or water? Lord, here I am. This is his desire. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. You're dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus.